you hear uh, preaching, most of you, every Sunday. And you've been hearing it for years and years and years. You've heard me preach. You've heard other, uh, others preach. You've been hearing it every Sunday for years. Um, it's a constant in your life for most of you. Some of you may be new to it, but I imagine most of you have been hearing preaching for a long time and heard much of it. And some of you think of preaching as an information transfer. In other words, you, you're thinking about what's the information in this sermon that I can take away, that I can get some information and take it, and the sermon is giving me information. This man has studied the Bible, he's boiled it down to some information, and now he's handing me information. And so the idea is, can I use this information or not? Is this, is this relevant information or is it not really relevant to my situation? Is it interesting information to me this morning or am I thinking about something else and it's not interesting to me this morning? Or perhaps it could be, um, is this new information or is it old information? And I don't really, I'm not, I'm not that interested in this because it's old information. This is all something I've, I'm quite familiar with. It's like the, who pays attention to the flight attendant speech, right? She does the same one every time. If you fly regularly, she's always saying that she or he is always saying the same thing every time, telling you all these things that are super important, but you've heard it. So many times if you fly. Now, if it's the first time you're flying, you're probably the only one in the whole plane paying attention. Like, what, where are the exits? You know, wh- what happens if we go down? What, you know, and you're paying. But if you've heard it 100 times or 500 times, um, you, uh, you don't pay any attention to the, the flight attendant's speech when she tells you about uh, safety stuff uh, at the beginning. Well, in the same way, some of us preaching, it's just it's, it's information you've already heard. And so it's not. If you, if you think of it as just information transfer, why do you need this? You already have this. It's already been transferred. You've already got it, right? Some of you have given up on sermons a long time ago. You've never gotten much out of them. You don't expect much from them, so you endure them. You just get through them. You know it just comes with the territory, and you endure them. And some of you may think um, uh, that the preacher is, is just not talented. Uh, or this particular, You may quickly assess if this preacher is talented or not talented, and then quickly say, I'm not this guy's, this guy's not my kind of preacher, or, I, or he's not that gifted. I'm not going to pay attention. So if you're not excited by the sermon, then the preacher's to blame. He doesn't, he's not talented, um, that kind of thing. There's different ways. I could go on with different things like this, different things, the, the way we approach sermons. But my first point that I want to, 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 to give you today and then look at the text is the Holy Spirit gives power in the preaching of the gospel. The Holy Spirit gives power and the preaching of the gospel. I'm not saying he always does that. Clearly, we all know we can point to many of us many times when we've been hearing a sermon, we've been hearing the gospel, and there's been, as far as we can tell, no power. There's been no engagement in our hearts and spirits and minds with what's being said. No engagement at all. And it, we're, we're cold to it. But, and yet we're told by the scriptures that the Holy Spirit gives power in the preaching of the gospel. In other words, it's more than just information. The Holy Spirit can give to you an experience of the information. When you're hearing the gospel, it's not just, yes, I understand the principles there, the truths, I've received the information, but it's an experience of the information. And that can't come simply from a preacher or, or even from reading the Bible. How many times have you heard the Bible read and yet had no response to it in your heart at all? And, and, the, and the reason is, is because the power, the word must be there. The truth of the word is essential to have the truth of the word, but the power comes from the Holy Spirit. 
We say every week or many weeks, we say, I believe in the Holy Spirit. Do you? Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? Do you live like you believe in the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is someone who's active in the world and the Holy Spirit gives power in the preaching of the gospel? Look at 1 Thessalonians 1.5. 1 Thessalonians 1.5. Our gospel, and, and this was Paul and Silas and Luke, they were there in Timothy, they were all there uh, preaching. Um, our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. Powerful, deep, true, full conviction. Our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power. And he's not simply talking about um, uh, one sermon they heard at the beginning, but he's talking about the ongoing ministry. We don't know how long the ministry, we heard three Sabbaths mentioned in the story, that uh, the account that Josh read this morning, but it probably was a little bit longer than that. It may have been one month, two months, three months, probably not too much longer than several months. But he, he was there in Thessalonica. The, the, he, he, with his, his, his uh, partners in the gospel, they were preaching the gospel, and this was an ongoing thing. When we preached the gospel to you, there was power with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. And the idea there is that the Holy Spirit worked in a powerful way in you and you were filled with conviction. You were filled with a deep, powerful sense of the truth of this and what it meant and the relevance of this and the joy of this and the, you know, all that it comes with it. You were overwhelmed by this. The Holy Spirit was in your heart working. It wasn't just a man standing up there speaking words, but it was the Holy Spirit was taking the truth of those words and working it in your heart. He goes on to say at the end of verse 6, I'll mention one other thing. He says, you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering. So notice, this is an ongoing thing. They, they, didn't suffer. they weren't suffering when he, stopped, when he first preached to them, right? He preached to them. They became, they became believers. He continued to preach to them the gospel, and they began to suffer because they were persecuted. So this is something that goes on. And he says, you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by God the Holy Spirit. You heard the message and you welcomed the message and you were filled with the joy that came from, but was the work of the Holy Spirit within. It wasn't just words. It wasn't just, even though it is, they were preaching the gospel, true information, the truth of God's word. But there, the Holy Spirit was giving power in the preaching of the gospel. The power does not come from the pastor and his talents. The power does not come from the pastor and how well he can homiletically craft a sermon and turn it with homiletical skill into some little creature that works in such a way that it takes you here and it walks you through and it takes you here and bam, oh, if the pastor does a really good job organizing it, then you get the power. No. The power doesn't come from the information, that if the information is true, how many times have you listened to true information from the Bible and deeply, deeply not cared? Deeply, deeply had no concern, no interest. No, your pulse did not quicken. You're hearing the best news that has ever been spoken by a man or a woman, and your pulse did not quicken. You're in, there, there was no joy in the Holy Spirit. There was no deep conviction. There was nothing that could be called in any universe power. There's nothing that could be called this deep, powerful work of the Holy Spirit. That, that's happened to all of us. Um, and let me tell you this, and I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying. Don't misunderstand. I'm, gonna, I'm going to uh, 
I'm going to uh, give you all the warnings about this. this. Make sure you understand what I'm saying. The Bible alone does not give power. Do you understand that? The Bible is, is absolutely essential, but it's the Word and Spirit. You can, hear the, you can read your Bible. You can hear the Bible read. You can um, hear the preaching of the truth of the Bible. And without the working of the Holy Spirit, the blowing of the Holy Spirit, without the inward work of the Holy Spirit, you will not receive it in any kind of powerful way. Even as a Christian, you will not receive it in any kind of... uh, uh, We can all testify to this. We've all experienced this many times. The Spirit gives power in the preaching of the Word or gospel. We can't control it. There's nothing that I can do to make it happen. It's, it's got, the Spirit is free, right? The Spirit is free. There is something we're told to do. We'll get to that in a moment. But the Spirit is free, and He blows where He wants, and the Spirit, can, the Spirit sometimes uh, does not give power when, you, when you, would, you, know, you had really hoped that He did. But what I'm getting at this morning is I think that some of us, we don't come in here in any idea at all with expectation of that. There's no expectation of a powerful work of the Holy Spirit. Even though we're coming to listen to a minister preach the Word of God, we have no expectation of the powerful working of the Holy Spirit. How did we get there? How did we get to that low point that we don't think God's really going to do anything when His Word's preached? How did we get there? How did we get to that point where we think that? How? To such a low place. Well, it's because of experience. So many duds in a row. So many days in a row where, where it didn't work. Um, the power is this deep conviction of the truth. It's not just information. It's experience of that information. It's joy. Now, let me give you an illustration of this. In 2000, I've told this story before, so forget, and I've told it personally to some of you, so I'm sorry that I'm wearing out this story. Uh, but it, it came to my mind again, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak it again. Back in 2013, Lou was about to turn... 11, I guess. He was just about to turn 11. It was late July. His birthday's July 31st. He and I packed up and went into the woods. We went into the woods to have a dad-son camping trip for his 11th birthday, and we didn't need no tent. We, did, we had sleeping bags. We had backpacks. There was a little platform out there on, on Fort Mountain, and uh, it was, I think there was a wall on one side and sort of an overhang, but we didn't need We'll brave the weather, whatever weather comes. And when, and when we got there, we saw these interesting, these interesting, um, these interesting uh, construction, these little uh, things. Uh, as we walked in, we went over to them, checked them out. There are these big metal boxes, big metal boxes that say, "Put all food in here. There are bears. Put all food in this box. Lock up all food in here because there are bears." And uh, so we, like, we noted, okay, yeah, there's bears. We talked to a few other campers. They said, yeah, there's bears around. You know, Fort Mountain is known for having bears. There's bears. Uh, this is what you do if you see a bear, da, 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 da. And we're like, yeah, yeah, bears, cool. Uh, we're not worried about that, seeing a bear. We're not, that's, that's not something we're worried about. We go to our campsite. We eat our dinner. We get on that. We, get, we open up our sleeping bags. We, we lay out all of our stuff. And we put our food in the thing. But we also burned the remnants of our meal, and it made a delicious aroma. It, made a deli- it was a pleasant aroma, not to God, but a pleasant aroma to the bears. And a black bear came, it came. And he came to us, 
And he joined us in our sleeping, on our sleeping, uh, it was this wooden floor. And he joined us on it about three or four feet away, went through all of our stuff uh, while we're sitting there in our sleeping bags. Then he came forward to us so close that I could look into his bloodshot eyes. I could smell full bear smell. The fullness of the bear smell was, was in my nostrils. And he came, he came this close to me, and all I could say was, go on, buddy. Go on, buddy. Go on, buddy. Um, anyway, what's the point of this story? He came back twice, by the way, and but the second time we were like, that's the end of this camping trip. And the birthday camping, we did not make it to his birthday. We went home that night. Um, but the point of all this is this. There's a big difference between a little sign saying, there's bears. Another camper saying, yeah, we see bears out here from time to time. Black bears are like this. They're about this big, you know, a little description of a black bear. And the smell, the bloodshot eyes, him right in your face, going through all your food, him licking the, where you had your meal, him pushing back your sleeping bag and you having to shift so that he can lick the wood right where you ate, right where your plate was and lick every, it, it, that's a different, that's an experience of a bear. It's not the information about a bear. It's the full experience of a bear. Which one is your Christian life? Is it information about Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, or is it an experience of the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ? Is the, tru is the truths of the Bible real to you and powerful to you? Is, is when you hear the Bible, is the, is the Holy Spirit working, or has the Holy Spirit worked in your heart uh, many times and in the past? And does he work in your heart? When are you, do you experience the truth of these things? Do you experience the truth of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and of the gospel, and of salvation? Um, the power, so my first point, once again, let me repeat it, and then let's, let's do the second point, is that the Holy Spirit gives power in the preaching of the gospel. The second point is this, and that, that was the longest point, so let, let me get through this other, the other points here. The Holy Spirit gives power repeatedly. The Holy Spirit, some people, the reason I have to say that is some people think that that power is only given at the moment of conversion, and there are even people in the history of the church who've thought of that there was a second blessing when the power was given, um, but the scriptures teach that it's a repeated giving. It's not a constant. You don't live in constant power from the Holy Spirit. You're always on cloud nine or whatever. Um, but it is something that the Bible, the, the, some call it the filling of the Spirit based on the language in Acts or that, the Paul's language in Ephesians. Um, but whatever it, but let's just keep it simple. It's just the, when you're hearing the Word of God preached to you or read to you, that you, it touches your heart. It engages your heart. It, it stirs you up with, with power and with deep conviction. It's something supernatural, not something just simply a natural experiencing of information. The Holy Spirit gives power repeated. I already said this, but Paul's talking about something that happened repeatedly in verse 5 and 6. It's something that continued to happen. He, he was there for a few months probably, and he's, talk, he's describing something that continued to take place. Let me read the verse, let me read the verse for you again, because I only read it a few times. Our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction, and you welcome the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives power 
repeatedly. Paul is talking about something that happens repeatedly. Think of that famous verse at the end of Rome, uh, in Romans chapter 15, in the middle of Romans chapter 15, where he says to them, now may the God of hope, and then this is what he says, what he asks God to do, and he mentions the Holy Spirit in a moment. He's, he, this is what he's, he's, he's asking God to do. Fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Now the word believing there is that word for faith, and it's the word for having faith in response to the word of God. When you're hearing the word of God and believing the truth of the word of God, that, that may, God be, may God give you the joy that comes with the word of God. May God give you the peace that comes, the, that inner experience of joy and peace that comes with the word of God so that, and he, he goes further, so that you will overflow or abound in hope. He adds hope by the power of, can you guess, the Holy Spirit. When you believe the word, may the Holy Spirit work joy and peace and hope in you. When you're responding with faith, may he stir you up with joy and hope uh, uh, and, uh, and uh, peace is the other one that he mentions there. Number three, the Holy Spirit still gives power today. Some people think that such power was only given in the past, that it was only for Bible times. And we're not talking about miracles here. That's a completely different discussion, a completely different uh, thing that we can go through on whether uh, people, you know, I don't even want to get into it at all. It is not what we're talking about today. Miracles or speaking in other languages. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the, this, what, what I've read so far. A powerful response within by the work of the Holy Spirit to the gospel to the Word of God, um, a deep conviction. The Holy Spirit is still giving, this to, still giving this today. Jesus is still Messiah. Is he not Messiah today as much as he was Messiah then? Is, not, is this church that we're a part of, is this not the same church of Jesus Christ? Is not the gospel that is preached the same gospel? Is this not God's good message that he preached through the apostles? And then the apostles, it was inscripturated, and we've had it to read and to preach for 2,000 years. Are we not preaching the same gospel? And are we not told that the response to the gospel um, from believers will always be the same? Faith, hope, love, joy, peace. Is that not still the same today? Is the Holy Spirit, do you believe in the Holy Spirit that he, what said about him in the Bible? Do you believe he's still at work today? Do you believe he's still at work in the world today? That Christ's church is advancing, his kingdom is advancing, and that the Holy Spirit is at work uh, in our midst today? Do you believe that? Do you believe that the Holy Spirit is still working? Do you believe that God still calls ministers and sends ministers to preach the gospel to his people? Do you believe that? Do you believe that's still what's, what's going on? There's another great verse that I'll just read it for you. I won't make a lot of comments on it, but this is from the next chapter in 1 Thessalonians. He says, and we also thank God continually because when you, it's, it's a reference back to the same stuff when he preached to them. When you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as a human word, but as it actually is the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. The word of God is at work in you. And of course, he doesn't mention the spirit there, but from everything else he's saying in the rest of the New Testament, we know that when the word is at work, it means the Holy Spirit is at work. The Holy Spirit at work in you who believe. The Holy Spirit still gives power. And number four, my last point here, the Holy Spirit gives power by grace. The Holy Spirit gives power by grace. This is not something that we earn. 
It's not something that we can control. I can't make this happen. You can't make this happen. It's up to the Lord. It's up to the Lord and his, and his uh, working. Um, the Spirit is free. The Spirit works um, as, he, as he chooses to work. Um, the Holy Spirit gives power by grace. We receive power based on, make sure you follow me on this. It's, 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 how do you receive power from God, power and, and convictions in the, in the Bible's truth? The gospel message explains it to us by grace. You, ex- you receive power based on the righteousness of Jesus Christ, based on his merit, based on his blood, based on his sacrifice. What Jesus has done, he has purchased for you. He has purchased for you forgiveness of your sins, right? But do you understand that salvation in the present age, last week we talked about um, the future when Jesus returns, we could talk about the catechism has this great division where it, it talks about the, what, God is, what salvation is right now while we're living in the present age. Then it talks about what salvation means when we die. And then it talks about what salvation means when Jesus returns, these three steps. And the, and the salvation right now in the present day, this day that we're living in, is forgiveness of all your sins and the power of of the Holy Spirit at work in you to bear the fruit of the Spirit, love and joy and peace and hope and all these things. Now, what, what, what is your experience of this? So the first one, forgiveness, um, we, we think about a lot, but do we think about this work of the Holy Spirit within, the power of the Holy Spirit within that we're supposed to be working in? The power of the Spirit is what salvation is in the present age. Forgiveness plus, remember in, in the book of Acts, it's if, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be forgiven of your sins and you will receive the Holy Spirit, the, the, the work of the Holy Spirit within you. Do we believe, we say every Sunday that we believe in the Holy Spirit. Do we believe in the Holy Spirit? Do we believe in a Holy Spirit that we can actually feel the working, what he is doing and what he is doing within us and, and, and what, he's, what he's accomplishing with. And why does, the Bible, why does the Bible describe the Holy Spirit's work with these powerful words like joy and peace and hope and deep conviction and power? Are you afraid of the word power? I'm a Presbyterian. I'm a little bit afraid of the word power, but I decided to throw my fear to the wind and talk about the words that are actually in the Bible, which is the word power used again and again and again and again. What comes with the Holy Spirit? Power. Information? Yes. Power with that information. Power. Now, I'm not, and we're not talking about power to do miracles. We're not talking about power to speak in other languages. Maybe, maybe not. We can talk about, we can discuss that. That's not the point of this. We're talking about power to be a Christian, power to believe these gospel truths and to be excited about them and talk to your neighbor about them and to live them out. Do you have power? Do you know? I know you've heard sermons. I know you've gotten loads of information. Has the Holy Spirit been at work in you recently? Has the Holy Spirit been working in you? The Holy Spirit's power inside flows out in obedience. That's the thing. When the, when the Lord works in, this is not just for your, for your feelings. This is to result in obedience. You understand that when the Holy Spirit works within you, that's when the Holy Spirit's working inside of you, it flows out into your life in obedience and love. That's what happens. It flows out. It doesn't just, it's not just something you feel and you're, and you're all edified by it. 
but you actually, it, something comes out of it. And so what, ha- and so what we need when we're, when, we're, when we're all locked up and unable to obey and when we're unable to love this person or love that person, we need God's help. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, we need God's word and spirit. We need both word and spirit in order to be able to obey when we're struggling to obey, when we're sinning, when we're failing, when we're, un- not, when we're unable to love this person or that person. We need that. Um, back in verse three of this chapter, Paul says, we remember, speaking to the same church, he says, we remember before our God and Father, listen to these three things he says, your work, that means your good works, your obedience, produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance, your continuing obedience in all circumstances, inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. They obeyed. They did good work. They loved other people. And why? Because... The Holy Spirit was working in them faith, love, and hope. They had this faith, love, and hope. Notice it says your work produced by faith. The faith was there and the work flowed out of it. He says your labor prompted by love. The love was there given by the Holy Spirit and your labor was prompted by that love. Your endurance, I mean, sorry, your your hope in our Lord Jesus Christ was there within you and then it inspired an endurance to keep going because you had hope when it was hard and when it was bitter and it was not easy, you had hope and you were able to keep going. So the thing that I want you, the, the thing that I want to encourage, and I wish the other half of the church was here today to hear it, um, but I'll point them to the, to the audio recording is, I'm, I realize that every week I stand up here and I pray before the sermon for the Holy Spirit to work, but it's been dawning on me recently that that's not necessarily a prayer or an expectation or, any, or something that, that all of us are that, concerned about or interested in. We don't all really think about that in any kind of real way. Pray for power by Jesus' merit. But when you pray, remember you pray in Jesus' name. You know what that means? You pray in by Jesus' merit, by Jesus' righteousness, by his holiness, by his obedience, by his sacrifice, by his blood, because Christ is my Savior, because Christ has done it all, because Christ has been the right, was the righteous sacrifice, because he gave himself on my behalf, because of his holiness, his obedience. Lord, let's hear my prayer. And give me the work of your Holy Spirit. Work within me by your Holy Spirit when I hear the word preached. Do you come in on Sunday morning with that expectation and that prayer? Are you praying for that? Lord, let me hear from you today. Let me hear your, let me, let me know your work within the work of your spirit. Not Lord, um, uh, I'm going to see how good this preacher is. <laughs> I'm going to see what, inf- if there's any relevant information to me, if I've heard this before, you know, I'll just uh, work on, uh, see what my phone has, you know, for me this morning, you know, but instead, Lord, do your work in me through this preaching. Do your work in me. Do your work as I hear the gospel preached. Prepare for Sunday by praying for the Holy Spirit to work in you, in your pastor, and in the church for your brothers and sisters. Do you want your brothers? When I, when I was praying about this this week, what I was praying was, was these, these people, I wasn't praying in a sense of like, these people, I wasn't, my attitude was not a negative attitude like y'all, uh, need to get your act together and start praying for the Spirit. No, it was, we're all, so many of us are in so many tough situations and we're going through, we need, what we need is to 
to hear from God. We need to know God better. We need to experience his work of the Spirit. We need to know that this is real and have that renewed and refreshed again in us and know that this is reality. This is what we need. And I was thinking of y'all, and I was praying it for you that you would have a taste of that today, that you would have a sense of that, um, that, you would, that some of you, I don't know, whoever the Lord wants to work in today, that someone would have a sense of it today and get the encouragement that God is still at work in this world, that, this, that he is still uh, stirring us and working in his people and working through his people. Pray for, for on Sunday when you come here. Pray for, um, for the power. Pray for this, this joy that comes with the Holy Spirit. Are we afraid to ask that? I don't know. Maybe some of us are. Maybe we don't. We're afraid to ask because of, of disappointment. Um, but it seems to be clearly taught here in the scriptures that this is what the response to the gospel is and that we need this. So let's pray for it. Pray for power. Pray, for sun, pray, pray on Sunday as you come in here. Now, of course, pray at other times too, but I'm, I'm jealous for this for Sunday morning. I really am. I really want y'all. I, I pray for it, but I want y'all to pray for it. And I started to think, I, tell, I ask people to pray from time to time, but I wonder they understand, do they understand what I'm talking about? Do they understand what I mean when I say that? Pray, pray about the sermon. Do they, do, they mean, do they understand that I'm talking about that God would act in a powerful way, in a way where we experience these things and know them um, more to be real and true?